When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Hope you're well on this Redemption Thursday. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in place as well. You're you and you're listening to us and we appreciate it. Be good. Yes. Made it to Redemption Thursday. I always get excited about that. feel like it's the... It's the pathway to the weekend when we hit Redemption Thursday, buddy. It means there's football tonight. That's what it means. Yeah, it's not, uh, well, yes, there is football tonight. It is not the uh, greatest uh, schedule. Uh, You know, Jacksonville, Cincinnati ain't moving the needle uh, in the NFL. Although, I'll be paying attention to it. Yeah, but then there's also UVA-Miami. It's the old schadenfreude Thursday night game. That's always fun. The UGA, uh, U, excuse me, UGA, listen to me. Uh, That'd be a bloodbath. That would be a bloodbath, yeah. No, the uh, UVA-Miami game is interesting. This is, that's a two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you game, Miami. Where are you at? How close are you to calling it a day? Could it be already that they say that's it, that's all? Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that Virginia team has been bludgeoned lately. That that little nice story to start the year, it's going away. But they can still put up points if you don't show up. Oh, if you don't care to play, they'll beat you. I mean, maybe in the show today we get a little Here Comes Virginia. We'll see. We might, uh, we might be in there. only done that once or twice since we've been over here on this particular frequency. Yeah, we really we haven't had cause. Virginia let me down recently. I forget the game. Oh, was it Wake? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, had, I had Virginia against Wake, and then Wake said, no, no. No, we're going to score 100 points on Virginia. And, uh, okay, all right. So I learned my lesson with Wake. Uh, By the way, the Redemption Thursday menu on the Jeff Cameron Show is brought to you by Metro Deli in downtown Tallahassee. For nearly two decades, Metro Deli serving up the best breakfast and lunch in downtown. You'll see that menu in a second. We we haven't posted it yet, but you will. Uh, Go see Rob and the fellas at 104 South Monroe between College and Park online at MetroDeliTally.com. There it is. There are the games. All right, so for those listening, here you go. Let's get to the picks. Uh, you're going to have fun if you're watching. Oh, my goodness. You're going to have fun if you're watching. The Redemption Thursday picks, wagers, menu. You know, this lets you know who I am. <laughs> I don't think there's any question here. Uh, if you're watching on War Chat TV, get ready to have fun. We've added to the menu. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. We start the day with the NFL. Uh, last week had a fun little three-team, six-point teaser in the NFL that cashed for me. And I was able to successfully chase the money I had lost in college football. Uh, now, kids, that's not you – know, you don't want to do that. You don't want to chase what you've lost. That's how you get further in debt. But uh, That's not what you do. But I felt very good about it. 
I felt very good about it. I couldn't believe the three that I was able to get. And I said, those are, those are straight-up winners. That's an easy walk in the park. Turned out it mostly was. Arizona made me nervous for about a good two-and-a-half quarters worth of football where I'm like, are we going to fool around here and lose to Jacksonville, Arizona? Is that what we're doing? Fool around, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. You said fool around. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did. I said, what, what are we doing here? But as it turned out, they, they just – Late bloomers on that afternoon, and they ended up making enough plays, and we got that covered. What you do is you tease down the uh, the key numbers. Key numbers in the NFL are three and seven, uh, statistically speaking. Uh, most games, uh, the margin of victory or defeat is three and seven, uh, and so you're trying to tease either down under three or over seven in some cases, or under seven in some cases. So you you get they'll let you play with six points. And bottom line is, I did that with three games, and I was able to tease down the Packers from being a seven-and-a-half-point favorite to only having to be a half-point victor. That is to say, they just have to win the game. They just have to win the game. If they win 34-33, I win. Doesn't matter. It's a half-point. So there you go. Got that. But all three of these have to hit for the teaser to work. Saints minus a point-and-a-half is the one I'm most nervous about against the Giants. They haven't looked good. Saints haven't looked good. I, but their defense has lately. Yeah, has Jameis thrown for 200 yards in a game yet? It's been weird. It's been a weird I don't know deal. that he has. He's not turning it over, but right. not doing a lot of other things either. So, minus point and a half. And then Cincinnati uh, for against Jacksonville. All right. I, so, I'm you'll a, know early I'll on. I'll know whether this teaser's going to – I like to get out the gates with a little something something on a redemption Thursday. We don't need to fool around until Friday or Saturday. Let's go right here, right now. Let's find the first leg comes on through. Let's go. Hope that nag crosses the line and we're off to the races, baby. I think we're going to get it tonight. Never heard that term before. All the right. nag? Yeah. It's a it's, it's horse racing term. I thought they were called stags. Yeah, you can call them nags. The nag came in. You, huh. you, you're, yeah. So anyhow, Cincinnati minus a point and a half. Uh, it, that's, that's, that's the first leg of this three-team six-point teaser pleaser. Little teaser pleaser start the day. That's number one. Number two, we go into college football, and away we go. Utah State let me down. It was a weird game. They had 480-some-odd yards of offense and put up six points. They kept fumbling in the damn red zone. Six points? Yeah, they got screwed last week. It was insane. They were terrible. It won't happen again. They're getting eight and a half against BYU. I'm taking them plus the eight and a half, plus the over for this game at 61 and a half. We're doubling down, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're getting them all in, huh? Uh, Wake minus six. And, uh, Wake, I'm on board. You got me. I'm on board. Whatever it is you are, which really looks wholly average on a daily basis, but you just keep on keeping on. And I... um. I saw the way that Louisville struggled with us in the run game. and Okay, Wake minus six and a half. I'll do it. I like it. Give me Wake. Charlotte plus ten and a half against Illinois. <laughs> I can feel it all the way down in my plums. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. <laughs> I like the Eugene Levy one maybe more than others because <laughs> he's fully transparent. He's fully transparent. I'm on there and behind him laughing. <laughs> you should climb up into the camera so you're just looking over his shoulder. Pop, pop him back up there on the feed here. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's fun. Uh, yeah, there you go. We have uh, we have uh, Charlotte plus ten and a half against Illinois. I've done well betting against Illinois this year. That's been a that's been a good thing. Minnesota 
Plus two and a half, Minnesota. There we go. Oh, buddy. This is an overreaction line to them losing, admittedly, at home as a 30-point favorite to Bowling Green. That's a toughie. That's a toughie. That's maybe worse than ours. It's right up there. But I, I think this is an overreaction. They're getting points against Purdue. I like them to win the game outright. That's actually a result that made the grounds at Whistling Street. Oh, People crazy. were talking about that well, in the grandstands. It was nuts. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I kept seeing the score pop up. I'm like, no, you're not going to. You're not going to fool around. It must have been like the rest of the nation when Jacksonville State beat us. Like, they're not going to fool around. You should Jacksonville have heard State, I mean, the accents. Like, they, they were oh, real. Like, yeah. like, you hear what happened to the Gophers? <laughs> <laughs> it's all around. Oh, that's good. Uh, I like Minnesota. They're getting two and a half. Row the boat, damn it. Army minus seven and a half against Ball State. Army will steamroll Ball State. Ball State has no desire. You got to stick your head in there and against this offense. You know what you got to do against no Army. No Ball State. No Ball State at all. Give me Army minus the seven and a half. I'll come back with Nebraska, who should have beat Michigan State. They've actually played pretty decent football the last three weeks. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll take Nebraska minus twelve. Northwestern is just a sorry sight. I can't. Uh, I don't. See That's them. right. That's minus. They're they're a twelve point favorite they, over. What has happened to Northwestern? Northwestern has fallen off a cliff. They remembered who they were. Mm-hmm. They're awful. Uh, whatever is happening in uh, Washington ain't good. Uh, I, I, I mentioned this before. It makes me sad because I kind of like that program an awful lot. Uh, and Coach Lake is just failing Washington. Husky fans everywhere uh, have got to be devastated because they can't score. They scored over half their points this year, Washington has, Tom, uh, against the Sun Belt team in Arkansas State. Everybody else, they just get completely shut down. So I went twofold. I'm actually on my real card going twofold here, so I'll give you a little bonus play. Uh, I took Oregon State. The Beavers are a surprise. How about those Beavers? All right, Benny the Beaver. Yay, Beavers. They're three and one. Minus two and a half. I'll give the two and a half points, but also I'll take the team total under on Washington, which is 27 and a half. I'm going under that team total. They aren't going to, they'll, they'll sniff 27 points. <laughs> I can feel it all the way down in my plum. Uh, now, this perhaps deserves every gif we have, every every one we got. I knew the second I typed this in to send it to Director Matthew, I snickered. I was at home. You could have just pictured me by myself, quiet house, two dogs at my feet. I've got music low in the background. I'm sending in my pics. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I like Was it that. jazz music? It was jazz, actually. Uh, yep. How did you know? I just had a feeling because yeah. you were describing a peaceful setting. Yeah. So you weren't listening to Maiden. You know? No, right, right. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I was listening to jazz. That's a good call, Tom. Uh, but as I was typing. because I was there. <laughs> sneaking around. I typed in the first two letters for the team that I picked, and I went, hee, <laughs> I did. I literally went, hee, <laughs> uh, UTEP, folks, minus five and a half against Old Dominion. Here we go, UTEP. Woo! Yeah, that's a. <laughs> I actually had the software get mad at me and said something else is playing. Stop hitting buttons. So it literally I, did. I have to tell you, um, you know, yeah, the two for one on the college sports book. Uh, yes, Abdel, you are correct. It did. It made it on there. I picked that one for sure. Um, let me tell you something about the miners. This is a team that may go to a bowl. They have been so bad. They have been so bad for so long. I'm really rooting for this to happen. So let's go, Miners. Get it together. I think this is win four or five for them if they get it. they got to get this game because they're not going to win too many more. So they may, get to, they may go bowling. Old Dominion, 
Where do you hear this story? I told this on the College Sportsbook. Uh, you guys can subscribe to the College Sportsbook on YouTube. In fact, I'd appreciate it if you did. Now, listen here really quickly. You're going to love this. Old Dominion Tom last week, you know, when I was researching my bets, sometimes you come across funny things. And I was talking about while you were in Kohler, yucking it up with friends and family, enjoying the world, and we were working. I forgot to tell you that, uh, or I didn't, I told the audience, but I didn't tell you, a big thing to do as you get into this stuff is to definitely, you know, you go back because you can't watch every game. Nobody, nobody has time for that. You got a box score research. You got a box score research. You can go all around the country, rapid fire, box score research. Box score research. <laughs> so you got to do box score research. And um, I was doing box score research. I was looking to see trends in certain things. Teams, you know, this defense terrible. This this one's stout. This guy's playing better. Oh, they made a change of quarterback. Oh, there have been key injuries to Indiana. You know, these things kinds of things, right? So you're looking where you try to take advantage there. And I, of course, did not watch the Old Dominion Buffalo game. I mean, why would I watch the Old Dominion Buffalo game? But I looked at the box score because I've made money betting against Old Dominion. And I want to keep making money betting against Old Dominion. I just find wherever they go and I bet against them. And so I was like, okay, what, what did Old Dominion do? And as I looked at the box score, I went, oh, those poor bastards. I actually felt terrible. So then I wanted to know more about how it happened because the box score told a weird, weird story. First half, Buffalo 35, Old Dominion 7. So as usual, Old Dominion's just out here taking ass beatings by Buffalo, right, or anybody else like that. Then I go and I see the second half, and I see that they lost by a point. Buffalo came all the way back, and I saw that they scored what should have been, and then I looked it up on YouTube, the game-tying touchdown with 19 seconds to play. So here's poor old Dominion. They have not beaten an FBS school since 2018. They have not won a game against an FBS school since 2018. They're down 35-7 to to Buffalo. It's been a dreadful year. They have no reason in the world to fight, but they do fight, Tom. They do fight. They fight. This sounds too familiar. This is too close to home. I know. They fight for one another. They fight for their coach. They fight Old Dominion pride. They're there. They come rallying back. They shut down Buffalo. They get all the way back. They score what should be the game-tying touchdown, and uh, they go, they're getting set to, to kick the extra point, and they get a 15-yard penalty uh, for the celebration of the touchdown. They went, they went too far, and they got a flag, and they had to move it back 15 yards, and the son of a bitch missed the kick. I'm sure he's a good kid. Hang on now. But he missed the, I mean, good Lord, missed the kick. So he misses it, and um, they lose by a point. And they still haven't beaten an FBS school since 2018. So then I see that they're playing UTEP. They're playing UTEP, and I and I like that UTEP team. And I said, you know, they're devastated. There's no chance Old Dominion picks themselves off the map for this one. That's just too much to overcome. I don't think it happens. Give me UTEP and give the five and a half to Old Dominion. Crestfallen Old Dominion as they are. And then finally, I took Troy plus seven against South Carolina. I've had the occasion, unfortunately. Um, love the occasion uh, to to watch too much South Carolina football and that I've bet against them almost every week. My lock of the week last week came through. That was Kentucky against South Carolina, given five, whatever that was. Uh, South Carolina doesn't have, doesn't have a quarterback. They just can't play. They look terrible when you watch them. It's awful. It's hard to watch them. I also took them when they barely beat East Carolina. So as it plays out, I went ahead and um, – I went against South Carolina here. Give me Troy plus those seven points. I don't know if Troy will win the game. All right, that's a big hand. 
that I think they'll do it. Whoa, man, alive. Look at here. <laughs> nice use of the photo, Matthew. I just Steven Stevenson comes in and says, thanks for the advice. Boy, does In a he. big way. Hey, uh, Steven, thank you so much for contributing to the Jeff Cameron Show, and uh, I'm glad to give you the picks. He writes, I love the picks, JC. Hope all is well, guys. I am coming in for the NC State game this year. Oof. I don't think you have to worry about the Knowles coming to Shreveport this year. <laughs> you are right, Steven Stevenson, and you are kind with that very generous, uh, generous uh, gesture. To say the least, that is that's awfully nice. Appreciate you. Uh, so those are your Redemption Thursday wagers, and again, we also want to thank our friends at Metro Deli, sponsoring Redemption Thursday. Metro Deli, go downtown, see Rob, get that delicious food. Somebody tweeted the other day that they were going to Metro Deli and they asked me what I get, and I tweeted back to them, I get the turkey grinder. I get the turkey grinder, and I usually get it on a spinach wrap, and it's delicious. Sometimes I get it on a sun-dried tomato wrap. Yeah, they, yeah, got the sun-dried tomato wrap yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sun-dried yep. tomato wrap is really good, too. And I love, I don't know why. I, their turkey grinder is better than any turkey grinder I've ever had. I mean that legitimately. I, yeah. don't, I don't know what it is about what they do, but it's a perfect damn sandwich. Yeah. It's incredible. The grilled chicken grinder is excellent as well. I throw some jalapenos on that. Oh, got to. Matthew gets the, uh, the Greek salad. Yeah. Every, everybody has something they like. Multiple things, really. Forget about it. It's a great place, The too. Italian's good, too. I love... There's nothing there that's not. Uh, all right, we'll get to it. We'll talk some Florida State here in a second. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply there you go somebody should come out of the tunnel for that quality Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. A lot of good games this weekend. A lot of good games. We still haven't had the uh, the uh, Park Your Ass Saturday. This one's close. It's close. I was thinking it was close because Notre Dame-Cincinnati is, a, is, in essence, a, a playoff elimination game. Uh, we'll see if Cincinnati's for real. That, that Notre Dame offensive line, is it's, it's hard to fathom how bad they've been. Um, I talked with uh, a guy at Notre Dame this week, Mike Singer of blueandgold.com, and I interviewed him for the college sportsbook uh, preview of this game. And I said, uh, I brought up some numbers that they had posted on their site about this offensive line and the advanced metrics showing that they were, they were below a hundredth and something in the, in the country in terms of uh, efficiency ratings in, in the run game. And then pass blocking hasn't been great either, uh, but they don't run real well at all. And uh, we found that out up close and personal. And, and I think that was partly due because Florida State's front four is good. It's legitimately good uh, if they don't get worn down by being on the damn field all day. And then if they don't get betrayed uh, with the linebackers and the run fits and some of the problems at the back end. But the front four is good. So I think Notre Dame, we saw that night 
what they were going to be. And we also saw that Florida State, in some ways, was going to be a lot better up front, too. But Notre Dame has subsequently gone on to be even worse up front. Yeah, they keep winning games. I mean, I give Brian Kelly all the credit in the world. He's averaged everywhere, just about, uh, offensively. And, um, and they just keep winning games. Uh, so, you know... You'd like to work through your problems as you have an undefeated record, and uh, that's what they've been able to do. Then also you've got Georgia-Arkansas and and Alabama Ole Miss. So, I mean, that's a really good start. And considering that this season is not one in which you would have the oligarchy, the usual four or five just dominating every weekend, and you're you're looking for you know that one game that they have on the schedule where they could lose, and then that's your park-your-ass Saturday, every weekend could have chaos. It's just period. This season, that's what it's all about. Yeah, um... I do. It's interesting. Um, you know, when you look at, uh, I keep going back to this. Cincinnati, top thirty defense in in creating havoc, top twenty five run defense. They'll step on the field in that game, instantly having made Notre Dame one dimensional. Jack Cohn hurt his ankle last week in the game against Wisconsin. Had to come out. He's going to play, but he's not particularly mobile. He was never really that mobile to begin with, but now he's really not mobile. And as I suspected he hasn't looked anything like the guy that walked into Tallahassee and lit it up. But that had uh, to be that good in order for them to win. Well, and he was. Um, he was. Um, so, you know, you, you, give them, you give them a lot of credit. You know, last week, that is the craziest. I, I said it yesterday on the show. That is the craziest result to see uh, the, the fourth quarter play out the way that it did against Wisconsin. What I mean by that is Wisconsin's quarterback's terrible, too, and all that. And Notre Dame's defense is, is, is solid. But uh, – when you see a score like that, you you usually assume that um, you know they did something productive on offense. They less they averaged less than three yards a carry in the game against Wisconsin. They didn't throw it around the lot either. They ended up getting a bunch of defensive scores against Wisconsin. And so I saw that number and I went, "What in the world happened in the fourth quarter?" And then I went back. I think they had fifty yards in the <laughs> they had like fifty yards in the second half. Wow! And they ran away with it. Well, that's bizarre. Yeah, again, you know, being in the Midwest was kind of weird because that game was a Shamrock Series game that took place in Chicago, which is, uh, geographically speaking, about the midpoint between mm-hmm. South Bend and, and Madison. There were a lot of buses. Uh, they're called Wisconsin Coaches Bus, and they're, they're double-decker red buses that nice. we saw on the highway. They were just flooding from Madison down towards Chicago. And I thought, my God, what a bad time these folks are going to have. A lot of people wearing Badger stuff on Saturday out there at the golf course. And there wasn't a word. I was like, man, Notre Dame's got to be winning because I don't see any Irish people here. A lot of Irish folks, but not Notre Dame fighting Irish fans. And I just see a ton of Badgers, and there is no chirping going on whatsoever. Well, they they got a quarterback issue. They do a lot of things right at Wisconsin. They play real good defense um, for the most part, and they can stop the run and all that stuff. But, damn, man, that quarterback is awful. And, you know, it's, you know I, I, another interesting game, and it's not a Saturday game while we're doing the slate here. Iowa Maryland, keep your eye on that number is strange. Three and a half, right? Yeah, but here's the thing: Iowa's offense is putrid. It's hard to watch, and one of the reasons is they're average at quarterback, and they don't run the ball. And Iowa can always run the ball, and so and I watch a lot of Iowa football. You know, I do. My my old roommate and dear friend, Florida State grad Matt Britton, he's he's a he's from Iowa, diehard Hawkeye fan. And so I, I watch them, and, uh, you know, I like their brand of football traditionally because they play very good defense, and they're very physical. They're big up front. The NFL steady plucking offensive linemen like we did uh, from them. They usually have great tight end play. But, man, they can't run the ball. And I just – if you're starting to get into Big Ten play and you can't run, 
Uh, that is problematic. Marcus, thank you very much. Um, that is only for Matthew. That is, a, that is a Fly Eagles Fly director donation. Well, you're going to have to donate to the cause because that quarterback play in Philadelphia is shaky too. After <laughs> Who would have thought? After week one when they all were crowning his ass as the next great quarterback, uh, he's gone back to being yeah. what he was. Who would have thought Jalen Hurts was going to have problems this year as a quarterback? Yeah, I yeah, so here we are. That's uh that's that's where that is. Uh that said, that's a sneaky good game, the Iowa Maryland game. Uh we might have a sneaky good game tonight. We might Virginia let's see if Miami wants to show up. I don't know. If they do, they should beat Virginia handily. But we don't know where Miami's head's at. I mean, Manny, maybe maybe they should. That's a I mean, Miami player for player has the much better players, but they may not want to play. So, you know, they they're on quit watch all the time. But we're redefining everything about the ACC all week. I mean, every week. And it's just, it's always, everybody goes lower. Like, the rungs just keep going lower and lower. North Carolina was a team that fell down a lot. Miami was a coastal favorite that's fallen apart. Uh, the Michigan State resume, you know, that that tape right there by itself says, I don't even know what the hell to think about Miami. It's not like Michigan <laughs> State's a great football team. Virginia, of course, they, they got into the score fest with North Carolina, but then they lay an egg against Wake. I don't know. They might just all suck like really badly and about on an equal level. Here's something that's legitimately interesting. And and I wonder what Clemson fans are currently thinking. Because on the one hand, I mean, it's impossible to be upset with Dabo Sweeney. You went to six straight college football playoffs. I mean, what are you going to say about Dabo Sweeney? Now, I wonder how many Clemson fans secretly know who Dabo really is in terms of his acumen for the game, right? If they, if they have thought a lot of this is masked by the fact that he has hit home runs in recruiting, which is part of the job of being a coach. And coordinator hires. Well, well correct. But that's also part of being a great leader. Yes, it is. So on the one hand, you look at Dabo and you go, man, that guy figured out just in the nick of time what he couldn't do, which was coach. And so he decided at that point, I better find some people who can coach. And he did. He did. He hit home run after home run after home run. Repeatedly, guys would leave, new guys come in, home runs, right? Tony Elliott, all those guys, right? And then he also got, for, for a stretch, the best defensive coordinator in the country and paid him handsomely not to leave. Like he was being paid almost like a head coach, Tom. It was remarkable. It's almost like a please don't leave yeah. price tag. <laughs> yeah. Please don't leave. Yeah. So that, But you get credit for that. Like where I used to dog you for that, I give you credit for that. Know what you don't know. And find some people who do. And surround yourself with him. Pay him handsomely. He also knows bronzer. He always shows up to the ACC kickoff freshly bronzed like he's a congressman. Mm. Oh, no, yeah he's, got the, yeah, he's got it all down. But he can recruit, and he can really recruit. And so know what you are. Be great at it. Know what you don't know. Surround people. Put people around you who do know how to do that stuff you don't. And that makes you a great CEO. Makes you a great leader. But what you see is if you don't have the number one pick in the draft playing quarterback for you, which they have had forever. Um, curious. I mean, things are starting to fall to pieces there. Now, it also would help, certainly, to have an offensive line. And we've dwelled on this. I don't know how you recruit that well at every other position. And then that offensive line is a real travesty. And they're going to get beat up against most teams they play up front. Now, their defense should be dominant every week because they still have all-Americans and NFL talent everywhere on that defense. Ah, but quite a test for culture, right? They're not used to that at Clemson. And if the offense fails you for months on end, yeah. how invested will you be week to week about making sure that you come up and fill mm. on third and two? Sacrifice. Make sure somebody else makes the play. Mm-hmm.
It's a decent question to ask. Oh, yeah. I'll be watching closely. Uh, now, listen, uh, they're big favorites, obviously, over Boston College. But man, Halfley has turned that culture at Boston College. They play hard for one another. They care deeply. They're winning football games, obviously. He's a testament to what can happen if, uh, if you have the right pieces and you start, to, you start to flip and you get guys to buy in. Now, that is the most damning thing that Mike Norvell has to combat is that Pittman at Arkansas, Mel Tucker at Michigan State, Halfley at Boston College. You're like, well, I mean, those programs were pretty down and out. They've turned it around really quickly, you know. That's and and, and every situation is different. I understand that, uh, but it's interesting to watch that happen. And I don't know that they're going to give. I don't know that they have, they have horses to give Clemson a fight. But man, everybody, you saw the way that jumped. I think it was seventeen and a half. Then it went down to sixteen and a half. Then it went fifteen and a half. Then it down to fourteen and a half. It just kept coming down because people do not believe in that Clemson offense whatsoever. So even even a game where you have the horses to just run by. BC, they're like, nah, not buying it. Well, and who knows? Maybe Boston College hangs around the whole game, and then they don't go into prevent at the end of Clemson's defense, and then they, you know, they fire a shot over the top, and Boston College wins. You never know. It would be a beautiful thing, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just be these things happen? To I see that kind I'm of. I'm told they happen in, at times. They do. Arizona State UCLA is a good late game Saturday night. By the way, that's a really good game. Okay, that's a good Pac-12 after dark. I like Here that. we go. That's like a ten o'clock kick. Let's go. I need the after dark game. Yeah, because that post game show will be done around eight eight thirty. So there we go. Yeah, but think about. I mean, that really is a legitimately good game. Arizona State UCLA. A lot of those Pac-12 games are like. Eh. That, that's a good one. And of course, I'll be watching closely Oregon State and Washington because of uh, my. Wager for that game, but uh, also I just like that story. Look at you, Oregon State. Good on you. Good on you. It's because we sent them Benny. Benny's back. Benny's back out there. He's hanging out. Maybe he'll phone. Maybe he might phone in if they've got a chance at something like a top twenty-five ranking or something. You never know. Yeah, it's um, good old Benny is back amongst his Beaver pals, and they are celebrating a three-and-one start to the season. Uh, Oregon State. I've got the, star, the scars on my calves <laughs> to show for it, though. <laughs> Uh, it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Appreciate you watching if you are. I can't, uh, well, I guess, let's get to Florida State here. I haven't said much about them so far. Uh, this is a interest. I, I think I'm being careful and sort of tiptoeing around uh, the 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 topic because this matchup plays well for Florida State. Um, now, Florida State's not good, and I hate having to preface all of my Florida State takes with letting everybody understand that I'm a realist and I know they're not good. So we get it out of the way. But I don't think Syracuse is good. I think Syracuse has played better than we thought they would. Um, they, they were fortunate to get out of the Liberty game with a win. Liberty turned it over late. They were able to kick the field goal. Good for them. Good for them. They are better than we thought they'd be. Hell, I thought they could lose to Ohio at the beginning of the year. But a couple wins of their three are against Albany and Ohio. So, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? And they got beat by Rutgers. They want to run the ball. The kid they put in at quarterback is a six foot four running back. I mean, he's not much of a thrower of the football. And they do run him. They'll run some speed option. I know you know this, Tom. They do. They work in ways for him to carry the ball. And they do have a very good running back. So the Tucker kid, right? Yeah, Sean Tucker. Yeah, yeah. he's a good player. So they run the ball. They're very physical, and I give them an awful lot of credit for that. Um, 
but I think that's the one thing Florida State is. And is physical up front and able to stop the run. When they're engaged and the offense isn't putting them in terrible positions and they're not out on the field forever because of six turnovers like against Wake, they can stop the run. And this is not a guy – listen, all I'll say about this game is it will be a hell of an indictment on Adam Fuller if this Syracuse team, which has shown no evidence of being able to throw it around the lot, if they are to come into Tallahassee, Florida – and start throwing the football successfully, that maybe that's it, that's all. I mean, at that point, we may have some real problems. On, I mean, we already have real problems, but that might be the final straw for a lot of people. Yeah, so I watched uh, last night into this morning the full Liberty game, Syracuse-Liberty, and then the full Rutgers-Syracuse game, and they were both so bad. Oh. Those games were so, so terrible. Yes, I still think if you look at those two quarterbacks, and I don't know if DeVito did something to get into the doghouse because his numbers aren't awful. They want to run the ball like two or three to one in terms of run-pass ratio. Yes, they do. But DeVito, I think, would be the better matchup against our secondary this week. He's not totally immobile. He's not as mobile as Garrett Schrader is. But, I mean, you're, you're right. They scheme some things up that will be open down the field. But Schrader hasn't proven that he can hit those open throws down the field just yet. He has 10 throws, 20 yards or, or more down the field. He's 0 for 10 with a pick. No, he, he's looked terrible. I mean, when I watch, I mean, he's very limited. Which means they're going to hit a shot on their first drive, and he's going to hit one 40 yards down the field, and it'll be 7 nothing or 7-7 or something along those lines. But, yeah, he, he's a guy who does a lot of double pump before he throws the football, which is just asking to be picked off. Remember, Sean McGuire used to do that all, all the time. Drove you nuts. Mm-hmm. And he's a dude that has comfort level on little short comeback routes, things between maybe 8 to 15 yards, but not much more. So you can kind of key downhill and cheat against the run until they prove that they can throw it over your heads without a coverage bust, albeit. Let's not bust coverage here. You're right. This is a matchup that you would think the defense could feast on, but, man. Tom, Florida State, I'm I just going to say it. Florida State, well, first of all, Florida State's a favorite for a reason. They should win the game. I mean, you don't have to tiptoe around this. They should win the game. Better personnel. The the styles make fights. This is this. If I'm a Syracuse fan, I'm looking at Florida State. Ironically, at 0 and 4, and I'm going, they're all wrong for us, baby. I'm not liking the matchup because they want to run the ball and they want to run kind of traditionally. They're not doing anything. No, all it's that. inside zone, outside yeah, zone. Let's, now the kid's got real good vision. No, he can Tucker play. Does. Tucker yeah. can play. If you don't tackle him, he's going to go. He can really run. But it's, I mean, damn it. They're nothing special out on the edges. They're not special at quarterback. Tucker's a good player. They got a decent offensive line. Not great. Decent. They've got one burner as a receiver. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then you look at the other side of it. And I I mean, Florida State's probably gonna struggle to move the ball because they just do. Uh I you know, again, this all comes down to the health of the the starting five up front. Um, we'll see how healthy they are. Uh, we'll see whether or not they get their the, both guys back fully healthy. I mean, if they don't, then this is just going to continue to be a nightmare. They really can't keep people out of the backfield. Uh, Florida State has given up 33 tackles for loss on the year. That is 118th in the country. So if you want to, again, note just how bad this group is, there you go. Uh, so you almost see this stymied, sort of ugly football game on Saturday playing out. But if you don't do stupid things like turn it over, and if you don't give up a gazillion hidden yards because you, you're 35 yards from the line of scrimmage on a punt and you're allowed to go 70, 
then yeah, man, you can flip field position, you can wear them down, you can win this game. And they should win this game. Yeah, the things I saw from Syracuse offensively, a lot of similarities between what they do and what we do. With pre-snap motion, eye candy, RPOs, all kinds of stuff. Read options. All those little things look very similar pre-snap to what we do. And formationally, they look pretty similar as well. They do a little bit more out of uh, the pistol than we do. And certainly their quarterback can run and ours can't unless Jordan Travis plays. And I know he was healthy at practice yesterday, looking okay from the observable portion of practice. But I would think both of these defenses will... They scout. They went against this. Uh, went, they went against these offenses. Excuse me. I had like a Mike Nor- Norvell kind of moment there. In camp, they've. This is very familiar. These offenses are very familiar to mm-hmm. the defenses. So that's why I think you're right. This game's going to live in the twenties unless there's some kind of weird turnover, uh, a flurry of them. Well, I would suspect. And if you read more on. The, those that care uh, cover Syracuse, like if you go to the, the, their version of Warchant and you read their guys, Garrett Schrader's brought in because DeVito's been average, like you said. He's not great, but he's not terrible. He's just what he is. But they, they want to live and die with the running game, and he's a better option if you're going to run the quarterback, if you're going to use him as a weapon. I would suspect he gets pulled pretty early if he does not connect on these open passes that our linebackers give up in the middle of the field. If he's not accurate in what amounts to pitch and catch, because every team that's played us has played pitch and catch at various points of the game. They isolate our linebackers in coverage. We worried about this preseason. It was my biggest talking point, that these linebackers can't cover you. And that's going to be a problem because, listen, Offensive coordinators, they watch the film and they go, that guy can't cover that guy, this guy can't cover a tight end, we've got this matchup whenever we want it, force him out of this, You know, let's take advantage of it while we can and see what they do to adapt and then we'll hurt him elsewhere. So I would guess that if Schrader can't hit those throws early, they have a guy standing on the sideline who can. They'll probably go to him right away. I mean, I'd say inside of three drives. Yeah, again, that's why I think just watching that broadcast for the Liberty game, the announcers were somewhat surprised. That, that DeVito was done, and, and the terminology I saw, I, I looked back on Twitter to see what the reporters said, and they said benched. I was like, ooh, okay. So you're going to use that term. Benched. Benched. It's not like, again, it's not like DeVito's numbers were bad. You just look earlier in the season, even when he's the quarterback, he's throwing it maybe 19 times a game, mm-hmm. and they're running it 40 mm-hmm. times. But you're right. Schrader can hit those intermediate throws, but if he shows that the road environment, I don't know what it is, just a, an overall lack of ability that he can't be consistent, he's only looking at half of the field. DeVito is the worst matchup for us, but again, I think if you look at what we want to do offensively, I'll flip it real quick, I don't know that we want to run a whole lot of stretch and outside zone stuff. I don't know that the pin and pull can get there in time. I think this is more of an inside zone type game for us because they they lay back, they're able to shoot gaps, and that's what I'm afraid of, and that's what's going to keep our score down. It's not just the fact that you know our offensive line is subpar, it's that the way they line up, the way they make you make decisions on who to block, they confuse the hell out of the front five, and we get confused on our own. Yeah, you don't need to the- throw us anything anything crazy, but we get confused on our own. That's where I think you might want to hit them right up the gut rather than try and do these extra stretches and, and out wide plays. I think they will, but I'll also note that Syracuse likes to bring pressure, which I think is a mistake. I, don't, I would not bring pressure against Florida State because I don't think you have to. You can cover them in man, and you can let your guys up front just beat them uh, one-on-one. I, I, when you speed hit McKenzie Milton up, I actually think he's better in, in terms of decision-making because of his pre-snap. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Yeah, 
we had a weird thing going on with the feed. Sorry about that, but uh, I think we're good to go. So if you're on War Chant TV, appreciate you watching, and I think we're all figured out now. Should be uh, good to go there. Uh, so, again, appreciate that on War Chant TV, but we, we're good. Yeah, somebody duly noted here that um, Alabama first quarter. Yeah, Tom, I've been on it, buddy. Thank you. Uh, you're right. Listen, uh, Alabama first quarter and Alabama first halves are pretty much uh, – you, you're swimming in money most years. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, what are you going to do? Someone sent me a meme that said FSU tickets going for so cheap you can stand by the coach and call two plays for 60 bucks. Man, we got to win Saturday. Go Knowles. That's from Old Cod Willie. That's a great name. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, they do need to – you know, it's funny. Somebody said, uh, oh, it won't matter. It, uh, it doesn't matter um, if Florida State wins Saturday. He sure does. Yeah, it does. You can't just keep losing forever in perpetuity. You got to win a game every now and again. I mean, we talk about their ability to hold this class together. One of the ways that's going to happen is a win here and there. I mean, you, I'm not saying that you got to go win five games or six games because they're not equipped to do so. It doesn't look like. But if you lose them all, I think you would be in real danger of losing the significant players to this recruiting class. I mean, I I don't know too many people that are real excited to remain committed to an over team. Do you expect them, defensively speaking, defensively speaking, to come out and play well in the first half? I'm well, saying it's the expect. Big, yeah. No. I, I. That's the indictment on Fuller then, isn't it? Well, here, here, okay, okay. I say that as a jaded, broken man. So if I were solely going to be uh, you know, objective by what I saw the last two and a half quarters, I'd have to believe that they'll come out and play with confidence. A big part of what's going on there defensively does center around not playing fast for quite a long period of time. You know, not not believing what you're seeing. That gets back to confidence. And they played loose and they played with speed and they played with anger and they played with leverage and they played with technique. They played as good a defense for two quarters as we've seen them play in a long time. How much of it was, obviously, Louisville gets out to a massive lead, kind of checks out mentally, then tries to restart the engine and can't get it going again. Florida State's starting to believe. Now, all of a sudden, you've let this team back into the game. They're playing fast. You can't re- re- you know, kick, kick, kickstart the engine, excuse me, and all of a sudden, you're struggling. I don't know. I mean, I did watch a lot of what they were trying to do. It wasn't solely them saying, okay, Let's take the foot off the gas. It was that we lined up and hit people, and we're, we were, listen, we were gap sound. We were fundamental. We, we did a lot of things well. Again, on those plays outside the tackles, that is, what, that is as good as we've played it. Our run fits were there. I mean, the evidence says they should show up on Saturday in the first quarter. It's the, the most interested I'm going to be in a first quarter in forever because – Already knowing that we're coming from a place where the season is hopeless based on what you would wanted to see. I mean, you know, the idea of six and six now is is absurd, right? But you know, you, you have these games and you got to make something of them, and you've got to show signs. I keep talking about it. I'm going to be blue in the face. Traction. Did we see traction last week? Does it continue over to the first quarter of this week? I'm not saying you can't. You got to you got to pitch a shutout in the first quarter. I'm saying you got to play well. I got to see that you're playing fast, playing smart, playing well. Yeah, that's the thing. You go look at the Notre Dame game and you say, all right, this is the improvement we've been looking for. This is the extension of what we saw in camp. This is what we expected to see and we saw it. A team that competes, 
It's got fire in its belly. You see swarming to the footballs of defense, and then they followed it up with a lackluster effort as a group. Less than inspired. I think they were failed by the coaches more than anything in that Jacksonville State game. Sure, but still, we treated it as a scrimmage. Nonetheless, you, you know, the front four showed up, but other than that, you're thinking, man, all right, eh, all right, we get, we're getting through this. We're getting through this game. Next thing you know, you lose the game. And, you know, weeks later, here we are. I'm not going to bank on the transition from one week to the next because the last time I felt this way was Monday after Notre Dame. <laughs> and we didn't see it translate. So you got to show me. You got to show it. And they got to show it to themselves, too, more importantly. Because if they do, then you've got a team that, okay, they're not pounding their chest on the flight up to Chapel Hill to play North God, Carolina. No, but yeah. But they believe in a little something. They have a little something to hold on to. Well, if listen, the bottom line is this. If you get a win, first of all, you get the monkey off your back. Okay, now you've got a win. You're not just constantly talking about trying to get a win. you got to win, okay? So you got to win, if that happens. In addition to that, it would mean, I think, unless this is a shootout, you might have a case where you play six quarters of good defense. Okay, now, now, we've, now we've got something. It's been a minute since we've done that. Well, right? Hour number two, fourth coverage. Stay with.